Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. That website's been in existence in various forms since 1996. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews there anytime. Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. Net. Before I get into today's review, I just want to give a plug for one of my other podcasts that I do. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. If you're a fan of films of the 1980s like I am, I invite you to join me on that journey. Just search for it wherever you're listening to this podcast and you'll probably find it. Around the World in 80s Movies. Today I'm going to be reviewing a film that I've been anticipating for quite a while. I'm actually a big fan of Black Panther in its comic book form from Marvel Comics. He debuted back in the pages, I believe, of Fantastic Four back in the 1960s and was always a favorite of mine growing up. So I'm really happy that he's getting his own solo adventure. Kind of a fanboy here, I have to admit. So take that review for what it's worth, although it is getting a lot of really positive praise out there from the critics, generally speaking. So I don't think that I'm an outlier by any means. It's an action film. It does have science fiction elements, adventure elements to it as well. A PG-13 rated film because of prolonged sequences of action violence and a brief rude gesture. The runtime is two hours and 14 minutes. Chadwick Boseman is the main star. Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Danae Gurira, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, and Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis in a live-action role as well, and a whole host of others. There's a lot of really good actors in this film. The director is Ryan Coogler, who also provides the screenplay along with Joe Robert Cole. Now, if the name Ryan Coogler is familiar to you, he should be. If he's not, he's been on a roll. He's made some noteworthy films. Fruitvale Station, which was my favorite film of that year, and Creed, which I would go down to say is my second favorite of the Rocky series. The original Rocky, of course, is still my favorite, but here he is. He gets to take on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is exciting enough for anyone to ponder because he's such a really good director. But he's getting to direct Black Panther, and that really is a new and notable film for such a major franchise release. One of the better entries, I feel, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date. Even though it's part of that Marvel Cinematic Universe, I do think that Black Panther ends up working very well as a standalone film. You don't have to see, you know, the 15 or whatever, however, what number we're at right now of the previous Marvel films to really understand it. In fact, it's not until one of the credit scenes that we even introduce the connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As far as what it seems like, it doesn't really seem like a lot of the other superhero films because there's this mix of of James Bond and some war epics, some Shakespearean intrigue and the drama, and a lot of requisite comic book antics that you would expect from Black Panther from his comic book days. As a film, Black Panther stakes its own claim as being a mix of formula and also treading a lot of new ground in the so-called superhero cinema arena and one that has plenty of relevant themes to ponder once it's all said and done. And that does make it stand very far apart from recent Marvel superhero films, just like Thor Ragnarok, which was made pretty much all in fun. I don't think that you're going to think deeply about its thematic elements at all, whereas Black Panther really has some heady notions, some things worth discussing. Now, Chadwick Boseman, as I mentioned, is the main star. He plays T'Challa. We were introduced to T'Challa in his brief appearance, 
in Captain America Civil War. So that was his first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. After T'Challa's father, King T'Chaka, is assassinated, T'Challa ascends to the throne as the king of the fictional majestic African nation of Wakanda, which is a proud and protectionist nation that has never been colonized by European influence and which prides itself on isolationist policies that keeps their country self-sustaining as well as avoiding getting into protracted wars. Becoming king also bestows upon T'Challa the powers of the Black Panther. Though his threats aren't physical so much as political, T'Challa has to deal with not only external forces who want to use Wakanda's stash of the world's hardest and most powerful metal, known as vibranium, to their advantage, but also within Wakanda because there are those who feel they have a responsibility to share their advancement, technology, and other breakthroughs with the world in order to help those who desperately need its harnessed powers to heal. Some even take this to even more of an extreme. They want to use the, that wealth of resources and technology and weaponry to right a lot of centuries of wrongs for the people of African descent around the world through a massive worldwide revolution. Now, praise has come from those who are a little bit more sensitive to the issue than probably me and some others about how Kugler is able to craft this high price tag tale without the need to put in a white male lead in a major role. We do have Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis, but they are supporting players. Most speaking parts are going to actors of different nationalities. Of course, African-Americans, people of African descent in Great Britain and other parts of the world as well. They really populate most of the speaking parts in this film, which is very much a rarity for a film with this high of a budget. I can't even think of another one that approaches this in the world of cinema. Obviously, we've had black superheroes before from comic books. We've had Blade. We've had Hank. Cock and you even can take Men in Black as derived from the comic books as well. Going the extra mile, Ryan Coogler also pushes forward several very strong female characters. They're all noble, they're intelligent, they're fierce, they're heroic, but he also grounds them as separate and distinctly female entities. A lot of films that try to say that they're giving strong female characters are really just generic roles that happen to be played by women. They could have been played by men. But in this film, they definitely are very distinct in their roles as the women, but they are really strongly written. The supporting characters, usually they're an afterthought, but in Black Panther, they're very well drawn. In fact, they're so well drawn that they seem every bit as interesting, perhaps even more interesting, than the main protagonist himself, T'Challa. T'Challa's either mostly masked or obviously CG during his battle sequences, whereas we are always aware as these women fight, giving us full acting performances, facial expressions that get us rooting into their fight within that moment. It doesn't look like a cartoon so much when they're on the screen, and that definitely works to its favor, especially when you have really great actresses to fill those roles. Now, Ryan Coogler not only handles the large-scale epic direction with a lot of finesse, but the building blocks of his storytelling works just as well. This is co-scripted by Joe Robert Cole. We get some of the story as it plays in the present, but we also see very key pieces that shade that present with some flashbacks to the past. It's a really good way to tell its story because we get some surprises and we get some remembrances as well without having to shove all of that buildup right at the beginning and kind of make it a slog to sit through. I like having that piecemeal as we get into different areas of the story. Kukuler also is upping the intrigue as this film plays. Each new piece of the puzzle gets put together to deliver 
maximum impact for its story and changes what we know about these characters in ways that give the entire story a surprising amount of nuance and fluidity and given the amount of characters that we have to follow as well as the wider scope of these international politics it's something that leaves you wanting to learn more without actually feeling like you're getting short shrift in any particular area what's more than that i think that black panther also delivers an interesting villain now by villain I'm not necessarily talking about the deadly master thief known as Ulysses Claw, who's played by Andy Serkis. Claw has this missing arm that's supplanted by a powerful prosthetic weapon. He is played with a lot of gusto by Serkis, but that performance pales in comparison to his second-in-command, at least toward the beginning of this film, the American black ops assassin Eric Killmonger, who's portrayed by Ryan Coogler's favorite actor, Michael B. Jordan. Jordan delivers this performance in a way that exposes the intentions of his character to do great harm, but also reveals underneath that typically gruff and evil exterior a tortured and very twisted vulnerability and this inner pain in terms of what fuels Killmonger's rage that makes him very unique among Marvel villains. You know, Marvel villains, with the exception of perhaps Loki, have very little nuance as far as their evil intentions, whereas Killmonger here, he does have a rationale for all of his malevolent acts. And there is a certain sympathy that we can foster for him beyond this, and that makes this film more a struggle for political ideas than it is just a very black and white fight between good guys and bad guys that we typically get in superhero films. In the battle between a man born to possess everything, in T'Challa, he was born into royalty. He lives in a nation full of wealth. He never wants for anything, and he doesn't feel the kind of racist powers that are against him. Whereas with Killmonger, he was born in Oakland, in the inner city. He has nothing. This is a very interesting take on the hero versus villain and their different outlooks on life and this real struggle for philosophy and power among them that says that you know, people's life experiences can be vastly different depending on where they are, where they come from, and you know what they're allowed to be within their own unique societies. Black Panther, as a film, has solid actors, has good writing, has very vibrant costume work. It's a very colorful, beautifully costumed film. There's a terrific score here from Ludwig Göransson, who ends up mixing up the tempo quite a bit in terms of delivering some cultural rhythms along with some of the traditional scoring that you might expect from a Marvel film. There's some humor in this film, and it's interesting the way that humor is used here because it's delivered with a refreshing amount of subtlety. The jokes are not necessarily but ump bump gags. They're, they're just delivered within the course of conversation. It's just in the natural dialogue of things. And people are funny because they're funny and not necessarily because the movie has to force humor into it. And I like that aspect as well. And Kugler has some very taut pacing here. I think he does a good job in building up his scenarios, building up his characters just enough. Now, it is a formula film. I'm not going to say that this is going to be something that's going to wow you in terms of uh, being completely groundbreaking superhero cinema. It does definitely fit within the mold of Marvel, but it does take chances and it does deliver on a higher level than I think a lot of people are going to be accustomed to from a Marvel film. It does, as I mentioned, give you stuff to think about and to ponder in terms of the world situation and what it means for the peoples of the world, especially for people of African descent. And along those lines, if you're politically minded, or if you deal with race as part of your political or philosophical thinking, especially some of the headlines that are in the news nowadays, in fact, 
you know, when you have the president of the United States calling African nations things I can't even mention here on this podcast, this film definitely does strike a very resonant note at a very crucial time in the history of this nation and the world at large. I think that Black Panther really succeeds at delivering a very unlikely solo effort in the superhero genre, and it's going to leave skeptics and those completely unaware of the characters within the comic books hungry for much more. I really liked Black Panther. I, Even though I'm a huge fan of the comic book character, I still was very nervous going into this film. I thought maybe they weren't going to do it right. It was definitely much better than I expected it was going to be. I should have known just by having Ryan Coogler at the helm that he was going to deliver another quality film. And yet, you know, being a studio film, you never know what's going to happen. Even the best directors sometimes get compromised when trying to do something special. And this film doesn't feel like it's been completely compromised in order to make it palatable for everyone. I do think that most people who see this film will actually enjoy it, maybe to varying degrees, but I think that this definitely does hit the right notes depending on where you're going into it. Some people will enjoy it even more for that those layers, those subtexts, those political discussions, and those philosophical struggles that are within this film that are completely absent from other superhero films. So I really do like this direction. I don't necessarily think that every Marvel film has to be this way. I prefer that all of the Marvel films be unique entities unto themselves. But if they're going to continue to make Black Panther movies, I hope they keep the integrity in which this film was made and not just make him another costume superhero with no distinct factor other than the fact that it's a black superhero. So I'm going to give three and a half stars out of four for Black Panther. I do think that this is one of the better films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and definitely is worth recommending. If you have not even seen any of the other Marvel films or if you've been piecemeal about it, you don't have to go into this film at all knowing anything about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you'll definitely still be able to follow along just fine. I do want to mention before I go that there are two scenes, as you would expect from a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, one in the mid-credits and one at the end credits. So stick around for those as well if you're inclined. Three and a half stars out of four for Black Panther. We're starting the year off really well. I like seeing some good movies come out in February. That's not always the norm. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you have your own thoughts on Black Panther, I would love to hear them. You can go to my website, quipster.net and you can find my contact information there you can also find me on twitter at quipster and also you can search for quipster.net on facebook i have a facebook page there too and you can interact with me there don't forget around the world in 80s movies i invite you to check that out i will also be guest hosting on the in session film podcast coming up within the next week so i hope you'll do a search for the february 22nd extra film segment of that show and check me out there as well so coming up next, I've actually went out and saw The Post, the Steven Spielberg film. That will probably be my next review. So I do encourage you to click the subscribe button as I continue to deliver all of the films as they come out throughout the course of the year. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. And if you see Black Panther, there's a good chance you probably will. Bye.